Hello, everyone. Hope you are having a wonderful Friday. It's Kate. I'm here. Sean's not. The only possible explanations for that are, one, that he has had conflicts for three of four weeks coming up, or two, that he fears me, which is, I think, the obvious and the real answer. I threaten to throw lariats at people on Twitter all the time, so... You got you gotta say it like Roman Reigns. Sean's scared of me. Sean's scared of me. He's scared of me. That's why he's not here. And for that reason, I need you to acknowledge me in the chat. I am joined by a name you know, by the wonderful Alex Pulowski, my sour grap co-host. Well, I'm your co-host, really, but what an appropriate. <laughs> What an appropriate episode of SmackDown for you to sit in on, because I have very little good to say about it. So I'm glad that we have the sour intensity of you in the house and a somewhat uneventful but solid rampage. Alex, how you doing? Uh, always a good time hanging out. Uh, by the way, because there's no proper Sour Graps episode on Fightful Select, which you should all subscribe to, after we do this show, Kate and I are going to go over there and hang out. Maybe Linda and Sheila will show up. Linda and Sheila definitely going to show up. And then I have a special little announcement uh, for all of our uh, the Fightful Faithful on Fightful Select that I think you'll all like. So come over and hang out with us there, too. Also, Humper Chats. Humperchats.com. Getting your Super Chats also at the bottom here. You should do Humper Chats because we get a little bit more of the green. But you, you could also do the Super Chats. We're fine with however you would like to pay for us to eat food. <laughs> you know, putting putting food on my family's table is nice. So thanks for that. But Kate, I feel like we're probably going to start with Rampage because that's what they always want us to start with. We are going to start with Rampage, and as Alex said, get in those Super Chats, get in those Humper Chats. The real reason Sean couldn't be here is he closed on his house today. So in his absence, let's have a housewarming party, because he's probably going to get some nerds that just like CM Punk are like, we paid for your house. So let's throw him some nice Super Chats and Humper Chats his way. And yeah, subscribe to Fightful Select. New stuff coming down the pike always. This past week, uh, Sean broke the news about Ethan Page's contract extension which is really good for him because he just got his u.s citizenship so it's nice to know he'll be gainfully employed head over there just five dollars a month but alex we're gonna start with rampage uh before we do that let's get into some humper chats and super chats we have the bad one jam beard saying i acknowledge my tribal kate not katie i appreciate that my full shoot name is kate okay i'm not a Catherine. i'm not a katie i'm not a kathleen i'm kate darn it <laughs> <laughs> we have Mark Quill chiming in. Always so wonderful and supportive of us, Mark Quill. Time for the show show of posts with Kate of Podcasts and Alex of Sour Graps, which is nowhere near the island of relevancy or the mountain of omnipotence. That is correct. Shotkit29 chiming in saying, whose house? Sean's house. Sean bought Swerve's house out from under him. It's it's going to be quite a legal battle, you guys. I don't even want to get into it. But we are going to dive into Rampage first because that's what the people want. And we start off with a match between Dustin Rhodes and Lance Archer. Um, not a ton to say here. I'm a little confused by the booking. And to be honest, I was kind of like, ah, SmackDown's out of the way. And here's the show that makes sense. And this didn't make very much sense to me. So my sourness had carried over into Rampage a little bit, but a decent enough match. Dustin goes over Lance. We do get a post-match beatdown. I just, 
I mean, we can talk about the match. I want your thoughts on that. But I'm just a little confused about Lance Archer's trajectory in general. I feel like he is great. And I'm just kind of confused as to why he can't pick up like consistent steam. And I'm also very confused about why Dan Lambert is managing him. He's another person that can speak on his own. If it's a health issue with Jake the Snake, I completely understand that. But what were your thoughts on the match first? And then we can discuss kind of what's going on with Lance Archer in general. Um, there's, uh, okay, a couple of things. Wasn't surprised to see Dustin Rhodes win. It's, he's the Texas boy. And te- like, like it's going to pop the crowd. He's going to get the victory by outsmarting Lance Archer, who's beating the hell out of him. And he gets one over because he's the veteran. He's been doing this longer than most of us have been alive. Like, like it makes sense for him to get the victory that way. Also makes sense for Lance Archer to administer the beat down, get his heat back. Um, and Isn't Lance Archer from Texas too, though? Yes, but he's the heel from Texas. So all he, gets, right, all he right. gets to shine by beating the hell out of Dustin Rhodes. And okay. Dustin Rhodes <laughs> gets to make the crowd pop because he gets the he gets the uh, the veteran roll-up victory. Um, so I wasn't surprised by all of that. Here's the here's something else. If it is a health issue with Jake the Snake Roberts, um, and he can't be on the road doing stuff, um, so th- the solution is not, hey, um, uh, Dan Lambert, I guess he's just as good as D- Jake the Snake and makes perfect sense. Like, like managing Lance Archer, that's not the the answer. The answer is you have Lance Archer go on um on this. He loses most of his matches because he gets careless because he has no one to rein him in. He destroys everybody after the match, but he's he gets careless in his matches. That could be a storyline. And you have to bring somebody in, if not Jake, when Jake gets more healthy, perhaps, but somebody else who can actually say, hey, hey, big man, you got to listen to me. I know what's wrong and I can help you out. And then at that point, Lance Archer goes on a winning streak and you can actually build something with him. But I love the untethered monster like is a really cool thing. Like he he doesn't have Jake to like to 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 uh to, to focus him. So he just just destroys wantonly. He's like he's like the incredible Hulk. Like he has no idea what he's doing. Lance smash. Like you could do a really cool storyline with that. And you don't need Dan Lambert getting in the way at all because anytime I I see him, I want to throw something at my television. So I agree. And I also don't feel like that pairing makes any sense at all. Like, I feel like, first of all, I, I've just never thought that Lance Archer was a bad promo. I think he's a he's not the best promo I've ever he's seen, but fine. he could certainly carry his own. I've never thought he was bad. Definitely not, like, in need of a manager. If you want a manager, Dan Lambert just makes absolutely no sense to me. So not a fan of that at all, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of Lance Archer. Um, I want to see him get somewhere on some sort of track, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's going to run through um, the stable or anything like that either. Like this felt like a one-off for Texas, which I get, but I just want to see him in a consistent story. Like if he's coming out of a championship picture, you should have something lined up for that guy. Like you just told me he's coming off of injury and that he's important enough to face the champion, like basically foregoing the rankings they should have a consistent program from him. And he's just not someone where I'm like, oh, he's not like really at his potential yet. They need to do more with him. Like he's ready to go. He's proven it time and time again. So I hope he gets on a consistent track, but we have Mark Losper chiming in saying that um, losing to someone, then beating him down post-match feels very, very WWE. Not a fan of that in the slightest. I 
don't know though because gang wars have been an AEW stable for a while like we do see a lot of post-match beatdowns in that sense um but i like part of what just didn't click with me here to be honest was just like i was so frustrated by this week's smackdown like i just thought it was one of the worst episodes of television i'd ever seen and i know people think i'm really harsh on smackdown but we'll get into the reasons why we also have the bad one jam beard saying that it should be a rule that if two texans face each other in texans in texas it is an automatic texas death match it's a little overkill because he just had one with adam page but i do feel like there should have been some maybe some more texas nods and then the, the make it a texas bull rope match or a texas street fight or a texas blacktop brawl remember that remember that when he was like then he fought the the i think it was the the blacktop bully or something in the back of a of an actual moving semi truck in wcw that was dustin rhodes uh, do one of those lance archer Lance Archer and Dustin Rhodes on a moving flatbed truck. I'd watch that. I would I would pay money to see that, not gonna lie. <laughs> but I gotta say too, I think Dustin looks great. Like consider especially sure. considering his age. He is like very well conditioned. They even called that out on commentary, which I appreciated. Like he wasn't like struggling with his cardio through this match. He's like still killing it at the age he's at. So good for him. But we do move along to a Jay Lethal interview that kind of hints that Jonathan Gresham is coming in. There's more about that waiting on Fightful Select for you. So be a cool person. Join Fightful Select with like the 6,500-ish other people um, and read more about it because you should want to read about Jonathan Gresham. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best wrestler in the world. So anything to say about this interview? It seems just kind of obvious that they're starting to foreshadow like, what ROH is doing and the, I, I guess the idea that Gresham is on his way. Yeah. I got no use for Jay, Le Jay lethal since just speaking out stuff. So I'm, I mean, it's, it, to me, it seems like it's um it's a, your standard. I, I lost these, these two big matches and Oh, the heels cheated to beat me. Uh, I, I got to figure something else out. They do that a lot with the, with the, the baby face who just can't seem to win. Because the heels keep cheating. Maybe it's time for me to make a change. It's always the, like, well, if the heels win by cheating, maybe I should win by cheating. And if that makes me a heel, so be it. And that's fine. I won't have to see people cheering for Jade Lethal anymore. So that'll be fine for me. <laughs> we do have a couple of more chats that came in for our Dustin and Lance Archer match. Zachary saying via for chat that he misses the days of Archer throwing dudes through the ceiling and chucking them into <laughs> trash cans while Jake the Snake recites some Cormac McCarthy-ish ah, background. That's good. That is an excellent trash. I miss that too. Like he was someone that even though he wasn't winning and not necessarily on a consistent track, just felt like a monster by the sheer fact that he was literally just in his entrance, just picking a guy and yeeting him. So I kind of missed that. I thought the presentation with him and Jake was so good in the beginning of his run with Jake. And it just, I don't know, it seems to have completely fallen off on him. The only gold they put him on was that transitional New Japan championship, which mm -hmm. like just didn't really click. And we also have JW Pringle chiming in saying a Texas Taco Tuesday trail boss match. Maybe that could be on Thunder Rose's taco vlog. Mm, I like that a lot. I like that. That's good. Mark Lasper also saying, Dustin, I'm on TV. Better blade. <laughs> 
<laughs> they, uh, they, I don't know if you've noticed this, Alex. They tend to to blade on this program a little bit. Do oh, you feel like it's gory self mutilation, or do you is, feel like it's a part of wrestling? It is gory self mutilation, <laughs> and it's disgusting. I just thought I would get under your skin before sure. we even dove into snack SmackDown. Yeah. SmackDown. Yeah. I guess I'm hungry. I'm on some snacks. Uh, <laughs> we move on to what our wonderful moderator Luis, who organizes your chats and does so super well, and is always working hard for us. Saying Fuego dies a horrible death again. HLB <laughs> versus Dark Order and Fuego next week segment. Rerun chiming in via Humper Chat said, I was not aware I needed Stu Grayson versus Buddy Matthews, but here we are. Also, check Stu on BCE this week. He should win a Webby or something. And we have Ali Dan chiming in saying, Give me House of Black versus Dark Order now, please. Um, I've said this a few times about the dope. Did I just turn Canadian? About. Uh, <laughs> so this is a few times about the Dark Order. Sometimes because they're so much fun and they don't wrestle that often, you forget how great they are in the ring. This is some consistent street screen time for them, and I really like that they're getting um, Dynamite and Rampage matches. So it feels like a the stable has some momentum and purpose, and b like these guys are great in the ring. <laughs> they work so well when you break them off into these tag matches, like. As tags and as individuals, they're so fun. I can't imagine Stu Grayson not having an individual run at some time. Stu Grayson versus Buddy Matthews is just like a ton of chemistry and great wrestling waiting to happen. I I thought that um, Fuego to die a, a horrible a horrible death, as our great moderator Luis said. Uh, what did you think of this segment? I just think uh, that. Uh, House of Black is just one of the coolest things going in wrestling right now. They're just so cool. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I agree. Um, they're fantastic. I, I just love the idea of Dark Order coming down to like confront them after they destroyed Fuego, who's like, House of Black, you can't do that to me. I bet you, you can't do it again. And then, of course, they do it again. And then as they're leaving, Dark Order coming down. And I love malachi holding back his his pit bulls and being like no 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 no!" looking looking at evil uno and saying are you sure you want this like that is some of the most cold-blooded shit i've ever seen is the is like my guys no 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 no. they're not gonna kill you yet but they will when i tell them to are you sure you want me to take them off the leash because i'll do it like that is a that's some really good stuff um so i'm very excited about this i love the idea that it's like the three of them, House of Black versus what the nine of the Dark Order, <laughs> and like in any combination, let's just get let's get a series of six man tags, and you can do three different ones because without reusing any of the Dark Order. I love it. Trios, please, for the love of God, every week I will plead for trios belts until we get them. I do think they're coming. It's it's just so obvious with the way that the program's been heading. So, but let me tell you, buddy, there's been some times where I feel like something is obvious and it doesn't happen, but this does feel like it's coming. Uh, we have the bad one jam beer chiming in saying maybe Fuego should join the dark order. That'd be kind of fun. I feel like they're a big enough faction and you don't want to muddy things up too much. And Ever since what happened with Brody happened, like people have been like, maybe this person's the new leader. Maybe this person's the new leader. There's no new leader. 
I remember John Silver tweeting saying, we have the best one already. Fuego, I don't think, would be a leader, but I think you can just leave that faction alone as is. I mean, he, he could, I mean, why not? I mean, he, I, <laughs> what, like the thing is like, Sammy just is not his friend anymore. I guess like, not. Like Sa- Sammy's, Sammy's out, Sammy's splooging on belts. So like, he's got stuff to do. He doesn't have time to like come and save his friend from a beatdown by Look, three. He has witches. too much time making love. To there's there's three. There's like two ninja warlocks and one ogre warlock in the ring beating up his best friend, and he's like, "Sorry, I gotta get this action." Like, yeah, that guy's not your friend, Fuego. Find somebody who's who actually is gonna back you up. Yeah, he basically was like, I'm going to get you signed here so that you get your ass kicked constantly, which is not a very good friend, to be honest. But Mark Losper also saying shout out to Evil Uno. He's in great shape right now. He's so great. Like every combination of what they do tends to be, I don't want to say formulaic, but it seems to be a routine of like who tags with each other. But the it's sometimes really hard when you have a stable that is so big to have an ensemble that works so well it's like trying to cast my sister was on an improv team i think about that all the time like she had her specific role in that team or like snl has passed on some really great talent because they already had people that they were going to use in a certain way i feel like a wrestling stable is not much different in that regard and it's so complex of how you're going to use guys but they just seem to have really really good permutations with however they assemble themselves yeah agreed um, DJ Page saying, what's up with the hate for Jay Lethal? He's great, borderline legend. Definitely beats Tramp Stamp Lance Archer. Please don't send in stuff like that. If you Google Jay Lethal, you will know. Um, and, like, we're not really in a position yep. where we can talk about that. So yep. we're just going to move on from that. We do get an interview with American Top Team. Uh, I... I feel that I say the same thing anytime Dan Lambert's on my screen with them. Like Scorpio Sky can talk for himself. I don't need him here. I did appreciate when Scorpio Sky was pointing to his belt and calling himself the champion, though Dan Lambert also pointed to his belt, which I thought was a really nice touch. But this was what it was. I don't know if I love them going to a closed challenge title. That feels weird, but it does feel kind of heelish really because he wants control over who he's facing. Mm -hmm. It feels like people need to earn a shot at the title. So I think for a heel, something like that works. I just hope it doesn't mean we're not seeing it defended that often because I feel like that is the workhorse title. We, yeah, we had, we had Miro to like recently uh, as the heel with that belt. And he didn't say like, nobody can challenge me. He was like, Oh no, please come down to the ring. I will murder you. Like it's, it's a, it's a different kind of heelishness. I, I, I think that you can do both. Um, I would person I think Sky's really great in the ring. I'd like to see him wrestle on TV more now that he's the TNT champion because he was doing all of that winning over the past year on dark. So I'd like to see him wrestle on television more where I watch every week. So the idea that like, no, now that I'm the champion, I'm not going to wrestle. No, no, no. That's what they do, literally, with their belts on uh, the WWE, and I don't like that. So when you have a belt, I like you to wrestle and defend the belt. That is a good thing. That's why the TNT Championship is really interesting to me. I agree, and especially that belt. I could see MJF or someone doing something like that, but that also just doesn't feel in line with the type of heel that Scorpio Sky is to me, but that is uh, kind of up to them to sell me on it. So we'll see how that unfolds. I just hope he defends it enough, yeah. but 
we move on to Dark Order versus Redragon, as we like to call it. Uh, and this match, um, I, first of all, I thought the match was great. These guys beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Bobby Fish has no excuse hitting as hard as he does for as old as he is at this stage of the game. And it's nice to see Kyle O'Reilly lean into his just like hard hitting self after. And I'm, I'm not even mad at cool Kyle. I'm not even mad at like the, the more gimmicky stuff that Kyle O'Reilly has done, but it, this just feels like he's meant to be doing this style of wrestling. And I love seeing him back in a tag team. Like he just works really, really well with fish. Um, just a, a great tag wrestler psychologically stylistically what did you think of this match i i mean uh i love uh o'reilly the way they in fish the way they work together um i'm a big fan of uh alan angels uh 10 if he's not a luchador you know um so the the mask thing i th- i think three out of the last four losses i saw him take was because somebody pulled on the mask and he got he had to worry about the mask being halfway pulled off and then he lost like or his or I guess in this case his his team his tag team partner got pinned um maybe if that is such such a, like an obvious Achilles heel for you maybe the mask isn't a thing and and it could be a storyline where like he he doesn't want to give up the mask but it, it keeps costing him matches. I don't know. It just seems like if a thing it was like every time I have a match somebody pulls on this mask and I lose. I guess <laughs> I better wear the mask again. Doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. But um but I thought the match was really great. Um uh, I I I yeah, I think O'Reilly I'll never get tired of O'Reilly starting off a match by sitting down and being like, "Come on." I never get tired of it. It's always hilarious to me. Um, yeah, no, this was good. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of like Red Dragon just working matches. Like it's not like it, it ends up at the end being part of the feud because uh, Jungle Express, Jurassic Express, Lucha <laughs> Express, <laughs> Jurassic G- Express, Jungle, Jungleassic Gucha Express comes down, uh, comes down and and you know saves saves a beatdown. Um, but I, I just like that they're working matches. Just let them work matches on TV because they're so much fun to watch. And there's all there's all kinds of cool, different styles of tag teams they could be working with that are all really good workers. So I just I just like there's they they describe them as like like great technical brawlers, and that's what they are. Like they love to mix it up, but they also just know all the counters to everything. Yeah, it's, 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 I like it a lot. It's such a unique like hybrid style and it's really fun for a tag team. Like there I feel like I've seen singles wrestlers that are kind of that way. I would say Moxley is kind of that way. Like has a good I mean he I guess is more brawler, but has a good yeah. technical foundation. Sure. But I I love it in a tag team. I think it's yeah. such a special mix. We do have some super chats coming in and no offense to anybody else, but the most important one in the world cuz it's from my dad saying howdy sir Pringle. Friday, Kalex is like Tuesdays, only more Friday-ish. Guys, this is where I get my smarts from, okay? My dad's really, really smart. He gets it. He knows that this is like a Tuesday, but it's more Friday-ish because Team Kalex is in the house, and oh boy, it's going to get sour in about five, ten minutes from now, I think. Uh, so we appreciate that coming in. We also have Tumla Valley saying, Sean bought a house. Alex bought a house. Here's a bit so Kate can buy a house, too. I... 
I don't know how much this Humper Chat was worth because that's not part of what goes in there. But uh, I do live in New Jersey, which is expensive. So um, between, you know, Streamlabs taking their cut and Sean taking his cut, if you could, like, put it around a cool million dollars, that would be very, very cool. He also said a lot on this rampage. Too much? This was, it was a little bit more than we usually see, but considering SmackDown had three matches in two yeah. hours, um, I was okay with that. Luis putting in that it was a $5 uh, Humper Chat. That will probably give me a down payment. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I appreciate the donation. Um, okay, here's the thing. We're going to talk about uh, Nyla versus Maddie Ronkowski and the promo that she cut that was not on Dynamite. Um, instead, they gave us a weird racist thing from Vicky Guerrero and uh, started off a feud that I think most people don't have an interest in. I went mini viral because on the Wednesday show that I do, which is not on Fightful, it's the Mark Order podcast, I um, lost my mind. I went insane. I cursed a lot, but I I just kind of laid out all of my frustrations with the AEW women's division booking-wise. We've heard so many excuses about it's too green. Um, you know, nobody is really over. The Japanese women aren't connecting with the American audience. I just, ha I just had it. I'm so tired. This is just so lazy. And Thunder Rosa starting a feud with Nyla makes no sense to me because whenever Nyla is in a big position, she loses. I don't think that's fair to Nyla. And I don't think it's fair to Thunder Rosa. The last women's champion we had, it was a feud about Big Macs with Nyla. This makes no sense. I'm extremely frustrated. And uh, there's a pinned tweet at the top of my profile for you who want the extremely tenacious version, really the more sour graps version. I'm not going to recap it here. Um, but I will say they did seem to respond to it with a promo from Nyla that made it feel much more rooted in some sort of reality and proved that she just does not need Vicky Guerrero going out there and doing the same stupid tired shtick. <laughs> like, I love Vicky and I loved the excuse me stuff, but it's worn so thin. I was really hoping in AEW she was going to do something else. But Alex, what did you think of the entire 30 seconds that this match was of Nyla just beating the hell out of Maddie Rankowski? Uh, and what do you think about Nyla versus Rosa? I'm just so, there's just nothing for me in that feud. Well, first of all, uh, Ryan Sullivan sent in a upper chat saying, Alex, how proud <laughs> of Kate are you for her rant she posted this week? And I would like to say, so proud. So proud. Teacher's pet. <laughs> that's, that's my girl. Uh, she, she learned it all from me. She learned it from me. I really you, did. You, all right? I learned it by watching I you. I learned it by watching you, Alex. Um, uh, yeah, here's the deal. Uh, match, match is inconsequential. She just destroyed this poor girl. Uh, that's what she should do to women like that. Um, it makes sense. Um, I just realized we've been talking about this. Uh, Nyla Rose is the women's division Lance Archer. Yes. Yeah, she, I got a lot of feedback that said that, too. She... She doesn't need the manager that she has. He doesn't need Dan Lambert. Uh, their idea is like, well, she's imposing uh, uh, and, uh, and and looks looks to be a very strong challenger to the new babyface champion. So let's just 
have a two or three week build and then she'll have the match. It'll be good. It'll be brutal and she'll lose. And then we won't hear from her for a while. It's basically the stuff that they're doing with Lance Archer every, every so often. And I think that both Lance Archer and Nyla Rose uh, deserve better than that. Um, but so does Thunder Rosa. Like I, I appreciated the, 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 the promo that, that, Nyla Rose cut about how this is this is the same building where I won the championship. So I wasn't going to let you come in here and hoist it up high without me having something to say about it. I thought that was fine. However, you just had this amazing moment. You went off the air with Thunder Rosa tears streaming down her face in San Antonio. And she's going to be like a few hundred miles down the road in Austin for the same people are going to be there. And they want to celebrate with her. You say it's a big time celebration thing we're going to do with Thunder Rosa. And she gets she doesn't get any words out before you have Vicky Guerrero coming out and tell her to backstroke back to Mexico because her green card doesn't work. Like, that is at, at least let her have five minutes of a promo talking about how much this means to her. Like she doesn't have, she gets, she gets no time to be a champion before you say, okay, here's this other thing. You gotta, you gotta, gotta do this other thing. Like this, this was a very important moment that you, that everybody was talking about last week on dynamite this week on dynamite, you kind of ruined the whole thing. So yeah. don't, don't do that. Just don't do that. I remember when Britt won, she kind of came out and gave a mission statement about, and as a heel, and did it very well, um, about what her title reign was going to mean to the division. And I felt like Thunder Rosa should have gotten that moment, especially when you consider um, how much she's doing for women's wrestling, even outside of AEW. And that clearly meant something to her to be like a Hispanic champion. Like that was very, very important to her. And we saw it in the presentation and of her championship match in so many ways. And then just to undercut it like that was just, I thought terrible. I think it, it just killed so much momentum. I'm with you. And there's, there's this persistent frustration with me and the rankings because they're so inconsistently used. Serena Deeb is at the top and I understand she's in a sheet with Fuda, a sheet with Fuda, <laughs> Feud with Sheeta, but Either the rankings mean something or they don't, right? She hasn't had a title shot. There's already a story with Serena there from the NWA title when Thunder Rosa first came in. So there's just so many missed opportunities all over this women's division. They had about 30 seconds on Rampage. Doesn't really make me feel any better about it. Um, but it's just so many broken pieces. It's so much of the women's booking. It's so much of the rankings not being used the right way. Like, so much frustration all around. And people are saying, like, oh, Serena's in this thing. Well, then don't have her be the top-ranked competitor. It's scripted! It's scripted! That's the whole beauty of it. You have control over all of it. And to me, it just felt like a lack of care because they don't do this on the men's side. They really, really don't. Pretty rarely, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what, to be honest, just kind of wish this was, like, nowhere to be found, this type of booking. It's true. If only, if only this angle had used NordVPN to hide all of its flaws. I started to travel a lot more for work, which is why I'm not on this show right now. And there are little things that I'm discovering when I'm on the road. Like this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. 
a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. I can't watch SmackDown unless I'm live at the hotel because YouTube TV tells me I'm out of my region. Fortunately... NordVPN.com slash Fightful can help, and it helps me watch a lot of shows that I would normally miss because they're region blocked in my area. Helps me get better prices on a lot of pay-per-view stuff. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can also use that code Fightful, and you're going to get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free, and it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing to lose here with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's the equivalent of buying a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It has made my life a whole lot easier, especially on the road. Check us out. Use that code Fightful at NordVPN.com slash Fightful. We got some super chats and humber chats coming in about my rant. <laughs> but before we read those, a reminder to plug Fightful Select. You can head over there for $5 a month to get the most breaking news in wrestling by like I'm not going to I'm not going to brag, but I am going to brag. It's by it's by a lot, guys. Sean's working his butt off for you guys. Uh, and please leave a thumbs up on this video as well. Helps people find us in the algorithm. Send in your super chats and humper chats, just like Mark Losper did, saying Kate versus the AEW women's division is a better feud than basically every feud in AEW women's division at the moment. Well, thank you. I will say there has been incremental improvement. We, I think the Sheeta and Serena Deeb stuff has been awesome. I've really, yeah. really enjoyed everything that they've done with that. Um, you know, Britt and Thunder Rosa was the first really long-term story that they had there. They've built up Jade, even though I don't love her in the ring. She has qualities that literally nobody else in the world has, like in her look and tons of charisma. And they've built her up really well. So I do think that there has been progress, but I haven't said it in my rant. Like sometimes the progress that we see is more frustrating when it gets squelched like this, because it just feels like they're then squashing the, the potential. Um, you have JW Pringle saying, isn't TNT to be praised or shamed for playing Nacho Libre right after Rampage? I vote praised. They get it. 
Uh, <laughs> Louis said, not after this week, I think in reference to what Vicky said, which is extremely fair. Um, I, you know what? Nacho Libre has its time and its place. And I think after AEW Rampage is a good spot for it. I would book Nacho Libre at 11 o'clock. Uh, but if you want to watch it, that means you're not watching us. So I, you know, got to pick your battles and team Kalex wins every time. <laughs> and Chris Reigns jumping in saying, I would love to see Maddie get a look for more work on AEW or ROH. They do book her consistently and they book her in bigger spots. To be honest, I I like her. There are women on the Indies that I like more, and I will name some of them right now. Willow Nightingale, Trisha Dora, <laughs> Jody Threat. Uh, I think they would all be great. Some of the women that we saw in that ROH tournament, I assume are gonna come over here. Janae Kai or Janai Kai. I don't know how you say her name. I've tweeted at her asking. She's never responded. So I'm sorry, I don't know which way, but she is a fantastic talent that's up and coming. Thunder Rosa with Mission Pro, I feel like is almost like a mini developmental on the women's side. So um, I like Maddie. I would like to see her work more, but there are actually women on the indies that I want to see featured more, but they see something in her for sure. So um, the bad one, Jam Beard saying, Kate is not wrong, but I don't mind booking Nyla first. Uh, she's quick. Sorry. She's a quick feud for battle of the belts, which is true or a TV special similar to Archer versus Hangman. Save Deeb for the pay-per-view. I don't disagree with, like, saving Deeb for the pay-per-view and the idea that she is a quick feud to book. But my problem is I don't understand why she keeps getting title shots outside of the half-justified rankings when it's unfair to her to keep putting her in a position where we know she's going to lose and she keeps losing in big spots because she's always that first challenger and they're not going to have her drop the belt immediately, right? Yeah. So. It's, I get people thinking she's like some sort of litmus test because of her size and her um, presentation and everything, but right. it's it's not fair to Nyla at that point. Right. I think there's there's an easy way to, to, to do something else. It, to fill the same uh, same same time frame uh, and actually have it a storyline is you have uh, Thunder Rosa come out and and cut and a promo about how she won the belt and how much it means to her and all she you give her that five to ten minutes that everybody else every other champion gets and then the person who comes out is a respectful but stern mercedes martinez who says look i had your back now i want your first i want to be your first title defense i and i i like we, you know that I can beat you. I know you know that I can beat you. I know that I can beat you. I want to know if I can beat you for that. And points to the belt. And then you can do a little thing where it's mostly respectful, but the match gets chippy or whatever. At the end, they could become friends again. They could go their own separate ways, whatever. But at least there's a storyline built up to Thunder Rosa winning the title. And then beyond that, it covers the same amount of ground. And then after that, you can get her into her first real feud after she beats Mercedes. And at least there's a storyline there as opposed to Nyla just running out and attacking her after Vicky Guerrero cuts a horrible, you know, xenophobic pro uh, promo. Yeah, and I also don't like that Thunder Rosa's first TV appearance as champion makes her look like an idiot. Why would she not assume that Nyla Rose is going to be there when Vicky is out there? That was also terrible. I also wouldn't hate Jamie Hayter getting a shot. That would make sense. Like, you beat Britt, but I wasn't in the steel cage, so now I'm coming after you? Something that makes sense. There's plenty sure. of other directions that they could go. I do understand and hear what you're saying, but 
just not for me. Not yeah. not digging it. Not digging any of that. Uh, let's keep going through some of these. Uh, Jake Salazar saying, I feel like Athena versus Rosa should be a feud built for the Battle of the Belts or Double or Nothing. I'd like that. Man, I'd like that too. They put on a great match on the indies. But if anything, I think Athena is coming for Jade. What are your yeah. thoughts? I think I think if they, if they bring in... If, I don't want to see Athena come in as a heel. I want to see, I want to Thunder Rosa versus a very strong heel character. Um, down the line, I'd love to see an Athena versus Thunder Rosa be the best woman win type match. But I think double to nothing, you got to be a real strong heel, which is why I see Deeb there. I think that that Athena coming in to challenge Jade Cargill, who thinks she's bulletproof until she meets Athena, is a really cool thing to do. Agreed. Mark Wasper saying, nah, let's not love Vicky, throw her in a bin. That is harsh. She's going out there to do what she knows how to do, and what she's been doing, and what she's directed to do. But I understand not wanting to see her on screen. Throw, I also that, feel, throw that promo in a bin. That's throw the promo, Yeah, throw the promo in the bin for sure. I, I agree with a lot of people, including one of my Mark Order uh, podcast hosts who's been saying for months, like, Nyla is so loved on Twitter because she's so funny and she has such a likable personality. Like, just turn her face. Yeah. Like, you already have imposing heel women. Like, you already have Jade, right? So why not just turn Nyla face? That would be really fun. Yeah. Um, James Higgins saying, do we know if Kenny Omega is still pushing the women's division as EVP? It's odd he's so good at storytelling for his own feuds, but that, that hasn't translated to women's division if he is involved. Uh, I don't know that. But I also think it's very different from the inside than to go book an entire division. I think those are two different skill sets. And I'm not surprised that maybe someone is better at one than the other, especially when the women have such limited TV time. Like yeah. Kenny knows how to build long-term stories <laughs> like that. Um, but just whoever's doing it, I just wish they would care more because there's just no excuse anymore. Josh Weaver saying, I'm hoping that with talks of Gresham coming in, we get Jordan Grace to add to the women's division, perhaps against Jade. Um, I I love Jordan Grace. I think she's fantastic. Um, also, just like a smoke show on Twitter. Uh, I, I just can't with her. I, I'm not subscribed to her OnlyFans, but my words, I understand why someone would be. Um, <laughs> she, she's fantastic. She's great. Um, I, I don't know if you're Jordan Grace, if it's worth leaving Impact because they do such a great job with their women's division. But uh, couples like to work together. So we will certainly see what happens. I think she's fantastic. And um, yeah, I just I can't imagine leaving Impact right now. And she's positioned well there to go yeah. do this. And I, I don't know the ins and outs of her contract either. Mark Quell saying Kate embraced her inner sour grabs. Boy, did I. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Jake Salazar also saying Thunder Rosa being a baby face and seeing Vicky come out and not knowing Nyla is coming is very WWE baby face. Um, yes, it's very dumb baby face. I think AEW has certainly had its share of dumb baby faces in that way too. Uh, but I, it's just that every baby face in WWE is dumb. But it, there is a common thread too of AEW faces. Just you have no friends if you're a face in AEW. Nerd Guru saying abolish the rankings. I agree. Jeremy Lambert agrees. Do you agree, Alex? I mean, I don't think you need to abolish them if, unless you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna have them, use them right. Like the the idea that like, okay, Serena Deep's number one ranking. That means she should get the next title. But you don't want her to be ranked number one right now because 
then you got to do the title feud right now. You got to make sure that she can become number one when it's time for her to be number one. So therefore you got to book backwards to get there, which I understand can be difficult, but you decided to do it. So now you got to make it work. Like there's no reason why if she did, if, if Serena Deeb's number one and Nyla Rose is number three or number four or whatever, that she should get the title feud versus, uh, versus Thunder Rosa because she came out and attacked Thunder Rosa. That shouldn't be a thing. No, and Deeb A is a heel and B like they could actually use that to their mm -hmm. advantage. Like Serena could be like, I'm coming for Sheeta, but right now I'm number one ranked and I got to focus on this. And she could be some sort of distraction for Deep, like still yeah. in Deep's head. Like she's always looking around to see if she just walking around with a kendo stick or something. Like there's ways to make that so interesting in a story to say, like, I, I've been occupied with this whole thing, but now I'm ranked and that's the number one prize in the company and I have to go for it. Like that's compelling as hell. I don't understand why they don't use that to their advantage because it can make for some really multidimensional storytelling. Mike Peterson also just wants to know what Linda thinks of all this. Well, Please I don't know. I, listen, I don't know. I don't know. Um, they, 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 there's so many talented, lovely, uh, athletic women out there. I don't understand why we got to do that. Why we got to do a, build a whole feud around that Vicky Guerrero coming out and saying disparaging things about Mexican. Listen, I love Mexicans. One of my husbands was was Mexican. He was he was very he was a wonderful chef. I listen, I the reason I'm carrying all of this weight is because of his enchiladas. Let me tell you. So the, I I I I have a very hot, uh, soft spot in my heart for the Mexicans. I love the Thunder Rosa. And I think the Thunder Rosa is going to be a very long rating champion. I love her very much. And I think you should stay away from her, the Vicky Guerrero. Stay away from her. If you don't know what's going on, subscribe to Fightful Select and join us for Sour Graps uh, after this and every Tuesday for Sour Graps on the NXT Post Show. Yep. We don't explain it more than that. Um, so there you go. That's what Linda thinks. DJ Page saying, can we actually have more Joshi wrestlers in AEW again? I love the current storylines for the women, but I also like the Joshi style of early AEW more. Um, you know, I'd, that's for them to kind of determine. I think... Sheeta was your longest reigning champion. That tells you something. But I also think they kind of burned us out by not giving us enough diversity of multiple styles. But now they've gone very hard in the other direction. So it seems like they pivoted too far away, maybe. And we still need a mix. So I don't know. Yeah. Jake Salazar saying, Kate is out here pulling a Dan Lambert and promoting someone's only fans. Look, I'm just calling attention to the fact that Jordan Grace posts some serious serious thirst traps on her twitter and if you're not following her that's on you if yeah. you find ladies attractive or even if you don't i just like want to be her so we also got a quick uh heads up that the bunny versus who for the owen hart qualifier lord jackson chiming in via humper chat at humperchats.com saying so tony's the mystery woman right athena goes after jade tony is in the owen Nixon and possibly Mia Yim come in later. If that's the case, that would be one hell of a faction if they decide to go in that direction. I just don't have faith in it anymore. Like, I feel like Athena's definitely coming in. Tony Storm, I don't know if she wants to be a wrestler right now, to be honest. Like, she started her OnlyFans, speaking of which, and she was so burnt out and exhausted via her Twitter bio that just said exhausted. Uh, <laughs> that... 
I don't know. You know, I think any of the people that you just mentioned would be a huge boost for the AEW women's division. But if you don't book it right, it doesn't matter who you bring in. I think Ronda Rousey is certainly teaching us that on the other program. So that's that is true. I think Tony Storm's non-compete is up Tuesday or Wednesday. So she would oh, be a, okay. available then, but who knows if, if they'll bring her in uh, then or, or, or not. Uh, Josh Weaver saying, also just waiting for Abaddon push to happen. That's a tricky one because she's such a specific thing that I think a full push for her is tricky. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. She keeps like getting in better and better shape, so good for her. Yeah. Um, back to Bunny versus the Owen Hart qualifier, though. The bad one, Jane Beard, saying that on a side note, the first match of the women's side of the Owen Cup being Bunny versus a mystery person. I hope it's Taya, two Canadian women. That's a good point. Um, Taya Valkyrie would be a really, really fun pull for that. We'll see. Shaq at 29 saying, Athena Wednesday for the Owen or someone else? I don't know who that mystery opponent is. Um, there's a lot of eligible bachelorettes out there who that could be. <laughs> it might not even be someone that was like a WWE release. I don't think it needs to be necessarily that high reaching. I think Willow would get a huge pop, as I mentioned before. There's a lot of other um, women on the indies that would fill that role very well. But I mean, I sincerely, if it's not Athena, if it's not Tony Storm, um, I don't know what Mia Yim's doing yet, but we'll see where she shows up, I guess. Um, Nixon is certainly someone that would be a huge boost to that division and someone that I know William Regal had wonderful things to say about. So hopefully. Uh, Mark Loss were saying, I don't know who said it, but the length of the reigns is getting is a terrible way to gauge them. We should start gauging reigns by the numbers of defenses. Um, yes and no. I think... Um, to me, I'll take it back to this. CM Punk being champion for 400 something days meant way more to me than like 90% of Charlotte Flair's reigns. And I think the length did matter. He also defended it a lot in there. So I think either measuring stick works, but I think sometimes one really long reign is something that can be incredibly valuable. But one really long reign should have a lot of defenses. I just think like, Kenny Omega had an incredibly successful reign and he didn't actually defend it that much. Um, so it's tricky. I understand what you're saying though. There's a certain feeling of like something being long doesn't necessarily mean it's good. So hook. 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 And his certificate of completion <laughs> versus Dan Housen. Luis wants it in his veins. Uh, Chris Mueller, Doc the best uh chiming in saying hook plus dan has it as comedy gold more please chris rain's popping in via humper chat saying hook supersedes even dan Housen's power get those get those hook chats and not even just humper chats just just get those hook emojis in the chat guys we love hook we are here for hook um <laughs> shock at 29 saying have no idea what the hook segment was and i loved every second of it <laughs> oh man Rerun chiming in via Humper Chat. I really appreciate Taz's parenting style. Taz knows he raised his boy well and doesn't need to be in the ring with him at all. All up in his business. Uh, Ollie Dan saying, Hook's so good. Curses don't even affect him. He's very cool, very powerful. I love that. Very cool, very powerful. JW Pringle saying, Dan Housen cursed Hook. Hook shrugs. He's too cool for curses. The whole hook segment was fun. This was really fun and, like, I think really fun place to be on a rampage. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess we should probably tell them what happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, I mean, yeah, I just chewed okay. through those super yeah. No, no, yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, so, uh, quote tweet Marshall, um, <laughs> is uh, is comes out and he wants to give him the certificate or whatever, but uh, a Hook just comes out in his hoodie, doesn't want any part of it. I think he smashes the award over Aaron Solo and leaves. And while he's leaving, I do not know what the hell Dan House is doing because he's going to get murdered. But he comes out and he curses him and Hook just looks at him, walks around him and leaves. And Dan is like, what is what that it, it always works? What's going on? Um, which is great. However, like I I love the story of, of right now. Hook comes out. He's a huge baby face to the crowd. And they love him. And he murders whoever they put in front of him. And it's great. But I feel like if they if they put it put him up against Downhausen and he destroys Danhausen, it's gonna like are they are you trying to make people boo this organically hugely cheered person? That's a weird thing to do. So I don't know what they're trying to do with this. Uh, this may be a, a, a weird nothing thing just to get people to pop for it, and we'll never do it again. But if it's starting a Danhausen versus hook feud or even a match i i danhausen you just got healed from a broken leg you just you don't need anything you don't need you don't need that smoke oh man i i have a feeling this was just like a fun thing yeah. to spill out at 11 30 or whatever at night um thank you for actually articulating what the segment was i appreciate that i did not do that um <laughs> We have, of course, more Super Chats and Humper Chats about this because everybody always wants to talk about Hook and Danhausen putting them together. My goodness. Mark Losper saying Danhausen can't be far away from in-ring, right? I think so. I think he's he's got to be coming back pretty soon. I love him just, like, going around cursing people. Uh, he's decent enough in the ring, but, like, gosh, what a, what a personality to have and what a fun gimmick to have. Um Jake Salazar asking, does this mean Danhausen and Hook will be a tag team? I've never simultaneously wanted something and not, want, and not wanted something so much. <laughs> like, could you imagine that? I want it for one match. I want it exactly for one match. Like, Hook sure. fell under this curse, they tag, and that's it. Yeah. Um, the jam one beard, the bad one jam beard saying, I now want Dan Housen to apply for Team Taz. You guys are so funny. Josh Weaver saying, It's okay, Dan Housen pays off hook with chips in the vlogs. That is true. It is fun when you follow those vlogs. Yeah. Uh, there's added layers. James Higgins saying that neither Dan Housen nor Hook need to speak in order to get over. Totally different character, but people connect with both. AEW is a true <laughs> big tent. It's true. Like, it's, it is funny how. Um, how much sometimes not saying something is super effective. Yeah. Um, so it's time for our main event. Swerve versus Starks. Swerve in our glory, as Luis is putting it here. Um, what a match. What a match. It's so fun to see Ricky Starks consistently working great matches. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Not that Swerve is a slouch and not that he was not incredibly impressive here but i've been in stark's corner for a while i'm glad to see him working consistently looking healthy looking amazing both of these guys were so smooth in the ring what did you think of the match and then we will get to the shenanigans after oh these guys are so great they're, they're so great together 
Uh, I feel like this feud is probably going to be a long one. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very excited to see more of this. Uh, but both these guys are fantastic, and the match was fantastic, as 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 is to be expected. Um, we're going to get a lot of um, why is Swerve losing so early? Like we actually have chats about that, um, and I feel like they protected him fairly well. Like, like if if Hobbs runs at you in full speed and hits you in the face, you're you're not going to recover quickly. Uh, and then he gets he takes um, the Rochambeau. So like that's that's it. You're done. Now, I don't want him to lose again for like the next month. But you, not everybody who comes in, even if it's one of our faves, can have a storyline where they're undefeated for ten weeks. Like you, you just you can't do that with everybody. Getting this loss out of the way now in a fairly protected style, um, I feel like allows him to like now he can go on a run. He doesn't have to be undefeated. He has he has this loss on the books. Um, but uh, also, I I would prefer um, an actual finish, even if it is you know in, involves interference rather than oh disqualification. Like I I don't want disqualification. I'd rather have the finish personally. Sure. I agree, and usually when someone loses in their debut, it frustrates me because you're supposed to be making them feel like they're a big deal and trying to get them over. Swerve has something unique, which is that he came in and was already extremely over. People were already doing the Swerve's house thing. He connected so fast. People were already aware. To me, it felt like he's already a big deal. So while I don't love someone losing in in their first match, like the purpose of keeping someone undefeated in their first couple weeks is to get him to the point where he's already at. So I don't hate it. Um, Austin is, is huge for Starks. He's from around there. Um, so I, I don't mind this. And then I think you're right in that they did a really good job uh, protecting that loss too. Like if, if Hobbs messes with you, you should be messed with. And the finish was great. So um, we see somebody behind this sign that has emerged down the ramp which was weird but fun um they had a sign that said austin's ftw champion being held by two enhancement talents and then some giant shadow appears from behind and it's keith lee loved 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 the post match here i think this was really fun keith lee got a huge reaction to what did you think about the shenanigans that happened here uh, this is great. I mean, uh, Swerve and Keith Lee is is going to be a, a lot of fun working together. That that tag match we're going to get Hobbs and Starks versus Swerve and Keith Lee is going to be amazing. Uh, I love the um, we are desperately out of time. The brawl will continue, <laughs> uh, but we have to go. I I always love that. Like like we have to at one point they've got to do that finish while Shivani is on the call. So he can say the tape machines are rolling. We'll let you know what happened later. Like, cause, cause that uh, the end of every nitro, they did that. And it always popped me huge. Iconic. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I liked that. I thought that was fun. That the, that match. And, and also the combinations of singles matches were getting out of, get out of, get out of that. Yes. Like uh, Lee versus Starks, Lee versus Hobbs. Now we get a swerve versus Hobbs match out of there. Holy crap. That's going to be great. I'm I'm very excited about it. this. is a wonderful thing to keep four really awesome dudes busy in a really fun storyline with great matches, and you don't have to actually involve a real 
title. Would I love it if they actually recognized the FTW championship and defended it on a regular basis? Yes. They're not gonna though. So this is kind of away from everything else and still keeps them front and center. You can, whenever they do that tag match, that is a main event of a dynamite. So I can't wait for that. Agreed. Agreed entirely. And you know who else loved it? All y'all. Chris Reigns checking in via Humper Chat saying, wow, what a match. Swerve and Ricky are both stars. Bailar Lasagna saying, not the biggest fan of Strickland losing a singles match so soon after debuting. But here's a Humper Chat because that match pumped. Ricardo the bad guy saying the same thing. Can't say I'm happy about Swerve already eating L's, bro. I get it. We kind of covered that already, so I'm not going to expand upon it too much. But I completely understand that gripe. Uh, Mark Losper saying, you know who's great? Keith Lee. Yeah, you're right, Mark Losper. I did appreciate on commentary Jericho saying, Keith Lee looks like the kind of guy who would come down the ramp and bust through a stupid sign playing into all the Twitter. Keith Lee looks like the kind of guy stuff. I, 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 that was I appreciate great. if I like would read that quote from Chris Jericho. What I don't appreciate him is him saying, Keith Lee looks like the kind of guy you would do that. Like, no. You don't need to shout every... There's a microphone right in front of you. He does tend to yell. (laughs) Marty Lasper also saying they're protected swerve well enough, but I'm done with refs being stupid. Yeah, refs are dumb here. They need to address that. He watched Hobbs throw swerve into the ring. Use your brain, mate. Yeah, Yeah, I I understand that complaint. It gets frustrating because it's so consistent. Uh, The Nerd Guru was saying Keith Lee and swerve versus Starks and Hobbs. Should be a full rampage. Oh, that's kind of a fun <laughs> idea. But I kind of want to see them sprint for 20 minutes instead because that match will hump so yeah. damn hard. Agreed with you. Jake Salazar saying, hear me out for the trio's titles, Swerve, Keith Lee, and Jay Lethal. Oh, man. I'm yeah, intrigued nope. to see what would happen with trio's titles. I, I definitely yeah. don't hate that combination, but yeah. they've they've got some cool stuff going. Yep. Oscar Villanueva. Hi, Oscar. Chiming in saying, Swerve has a really cool persona and seems to connect with the audience. He does. He has a charisma that is so unique to him, and he is oozing with it. But you know what, Alex? What's up? Not every match can hump. And not everybody can hump without a little assistance, a little help. Something with the same active ingredients as Viagra would be great, and Sean is here to tell you all about it. Your penis is soft. Let me help. Not like that. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's ready when you are or when you're not. It's not about having a problem. It's about having that performance, that excellent performance, that confidence. Fill out their online questionnaire. You'll work with an online physician. You won't have to wait in line at the pharmacy or the doctor's office. It's shipped discreetly and directly to you and you get that first shipment free when you use that code fightful at checkout you want to be confident don't you you want that pay-per-view that main event performance don't let yourself or somebody else down use bluechew.com and the code fightful Oh, man. You know what could have used some blue chew? Mm. All of SmackDown. (laughs) 
Well, let's wait. Let's let's finish out our rampage. Okay, we have some more humper chats and super chats to get to, and you know what? We have time to do that because there's not a lot to say about SmackDown from people, so we could choose through some more of these. Oh boy! Uh, Back at the Dark Order Redragon match, uh, Angel Chris saying, "Rest to new tag team belt holders." I'm not sure. No, yeah, no, because because uh, because Adam Cole ran in after the, jung- the Jungle sorry, Express yes. kids. He stole the belts, handing off to Red Dragon because he's a belt thief. And I just love the idea of them showing up on Rampage, like we're the champion. And then and then Kyle can do the guitar, their guitar. Oh, I missed the Kyle doing the air guitar on a, on a on a tag belt. That's one of the, my favorite things ever. I forgot about that sneakiness. I was like, wait, did they set up a tag match that I didn't <laughs> remember? <laughs> I forgot about. The shenanigans that were so fun. And Chris Marino saying Red Dragon versus Blackpool Combat Club, please. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Back to our discussion about championship reigns. Uh, Mark Losper saying that his counterpoint to my CM Punk thing was Brock Lesnar's reign. That is fair. Uh, number of defenses does certainly matter because he added a lot of days, but not a lot of defenses. I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying that no metric is perfect. Right. Though in Heart Cup mystery opponent, AJ Lee, I wish she's tied up in whatever WoW is doing. So good yeah. good luck to her. Uh, Nixon should be the first female in the Blackpool Combat Club. Ooh. I kind of want it to be Serena, to be honest. But Nick, Nixon is a good one because it also she has that connection to, to, Regal. to, to Regal. Regal would bring her in because like like they have they have a real strong connection from those days. That would be because everybody who bring who who Regal and has brought into that thing like so far has been has has had that real strong connection with Regal. That might be a way to do it. Um, also, I just think that she could she'd be a lot of fun stretching people out would be a lot of a lot of fun for her too. But my goodness, yes. <laughs> Some Y2J on commentary chats, which we always get. Josh Weaver saying sports entertainer Jericho on commentary just reminds me of the days Vince on commentary, and I for one am here for it. All right, we got some pro Jericho in the house. If he would just stop yelling, I would be yep. more into it. Like, he makes some great insights. Jake Salazar saying, Chris Jericho saw Pat McAfee yelling on SmackDown and said, you beautiful son of a bitch that's genius sports entertainment. I, I did appreciate his uh, his now, every, every week on Rampage, apparently, he's going to name the sports entertainer of the week. And this week was Nyla Rose. I thought that was... I Be- thought... big, begrudgingly, I have to say that was a pretty good stuff. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of this new Jericho thing. I'm absolutely, know, absolutely loving it. Um, back to Fuego's death. Our de- it's either Raw F Showtime or Louise made a typo. Either way, I'm here for it. I feel the need to point out that Fuego did, to my knowledge, the first ever You People promo with a positive spin to it. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. That is a landmark for the professional wrestling industry. So I'm glad that you super chatted us about it. Good stuff. Oh, guys. We've got some more to get into here, but we're going to go through some more love, quite frankly, that is about us. Ready? <laughs> Jake Salgar saying SRS looks like the kind of guy to sell blue chips. Behind your local bowling alley. Ouch, but I kind of like it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get to the jukebox later. Some other 
fun chats coming in saying off topic, but just finished watching the Bullet Club MCMG match from two weeks ago. Was that a botched finish where a three count seemed a little off? I don't actually know. I have not seen that match. <laughs> I, I would love to be able to, to answer, but I, I have not seen that match. The bad one, Jam Beard, saying non-wrestling news, but it's being reported that Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins has passed away tonight. Yeah, oh, sad. That's very sad. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace to him. Well, before we get into SmackDown, we should acknowledge that Triple H gave his interview today um, yeah. talking about the fact that he, well, he's officially retired from in-ring competition because Good. Um, he, we knew he had a cardiac event that was very vaguely described to us. We did not know he was coughing up blood and in heart failure. Um, and he gave an interview today. We got some wonderful super chats coming in about it. I also tweeted, and I think Sean tweeted too, like, Send us your favorite matches and moments from Triple H. So threads worth checking out, especially if you're someone who didn't watch till later, like me. Uh, but the Nerd Guru is saying, thank you, Triple H, for all he's done. I can't explain how much black and gold NXT meant to me to a lot of us, man. He's truly goaded. Happy his last match was versus Randy. I kind of selfishly wish it was with Cody. Obviously not now, knowing what they were going through, but or what he's gone through physically, but that would have just been super, super. It's funny. They, they don't actually count that as a match. WWE doesn't count that as a match versus Randy, where he confronted Randy because Randy was like killing Ric Flair and people. Uh, and that was in January, 2021. Uh, and that was the match that ended because his, it was during, it was in the, it was in the Thunderdome. So there was, they, they could do like the edited stuff and the match ended when his sledgehammer caught on fire. Because it was actually like Randy feuding with the fiend, uh, 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 separate of that whole thing. So it was like, oh, then the then the lights went out and they went back up and it was red everywhere. And the match just ended because you know, of course, just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> the nerd guru is saying, in light of Triple H stuff, I feel like I simply have the perfect that Cody Rhodes. The Thronebreaker hits the pedigree on Triple H's prodigy, Seth Rollins. Oh, man, I kind of forgot about how easily you could tie the authority stuff back into that if you wanted oh, yeah. to. Um, Luis just chiming in saying that his run from 99 to 01 was an all-time run in any promotion. All matches are a must-watch. That's yeah. from him. <sighs> All right, let's get into SmackDown. We have some people that are as unenthused about it as I am. <laughs> and I will say, this I felt like was one of the worst episodes of wrestling television that I've ever seen. We saw three champions wrestle, and we saw them have four losses on television a week away from WrestleMania. That's that's a magic trick. That is three, a... Three champions took four losses. Took four losses, and there was no other wrestling on the show, I don't think, mm -hmm. which is atrocious. Um, another super chat coming from Ricardo, the bad guy, saying that he was sad to hear about Triple H's flight, uh, Triple Paul's flights. Yeah, it was, um, it, it just sounded very, very serious. It, was, it sounded it was, very, very serious. It was scary. And also, like, you, the, when uh, the clip I saw of him talking about Scott Hall. Yeah. And, and like, cause, cause you, you go under for that surgery and you don't know if you're going to wake up kind of a thing. And like him remembering that for himself, but also connecting it to his friend, Scott Hall's passing. It was very, very affecting. Like watching him have that moment. It was yeah. tough. Yeah. That is, I, that interview is worth checking out yeah. for sure. Um, 
Some overall thoughts coming in on the Friday Night Wars. We've got Peyton chiming in via Humper Chat saying, Hey, Kalex, SmackDown was like seeing a car crash. Agreed. You couldn't look away from it no matter how much you wanted to. I think a lot of people did look away from it, to be honest. But Rampage was good, though. Uh, Keith Lee should be an AEW champ by the end of the year. Also, Tony, do something with the women's division. Well, you know where I stand on that. So... Uh, Shaka29 saying, what does it say when AEW does so much more in an hour? And I read about how little happens. I read about how little happens on SmackDown over two hours. Literally more matches on Rampage than SmackDown tonight. Yeah. Um, some more WWE-related stuff. Uh, Shaka29 saying, here's more ammo against WWE. Kushida. Kushida! Ate the <laughs> tag match on level up against Blade and Idris Enofe. Yikes. Uh, Josh Weaver saying, taking your gimmick from broken to woken. Overall, to some SmackDown uh, thoughts. Michael Bunch saying, SmackDown sucked as usual. I also want to thank Fightful team for all the love today for my Fightful Arena. You did that! And uh, W2K22, you guys are awesome. You're awesome. Yeah, that thing's amazing. A commentary table, a ring. It's so awesome. I don't even play video games, but I want to because I was so blown away by what you did. And I'm sitting at commentary. I never buy the WWE games, uh, at least until they're like on super sale. And now I might just have to buy it immediately just so I can play in the Fightful Arena because I'm a mark for myself. I'm sorry. I mean, as you should be. If you're not going to be a mark for yourself, that's just that's what self-love is. Mark Losper saying that there may not be much to say about SmackDown, but there's definitely a brand new meme format to introduce. Yeah. Um, and Mark Quill bringing up the incredibly controversial topic of SmackAdias being greater than SmackDown. So um, I appreciate that. So just so that you know, we have no super chats about the show. Zero. I, I have some things to say about it. So if you guys don't want to say anything about it, I'll say things. Just, you know. There were five Brock and Roman segments. One of them was 22 minutes long to close the show. There were three matches, or four four matches, I guess, technically. Technically four. But three champions on our television today and four losses. Um, I don't know if you could book a, a worse show if you tried. I think if you gave it to, like, if you were like, hey, dog, if you choose this treat, this person wins. If you choose this treat, this other person wins. A dog would book the show better. Um, I just, the reason I get so upset about it, and I know the reason Alex gets so upset about it, because we've talked about this, is it is a complete and utter disservice to the talent that you have. And this is a week away from WrestleMania, okay? This isn't that weird time in December where nothing makes sense because you're just waiting for Royal Rumble to come around and nobody's watching during the holidays. We are a week away from Mania, and this is what you are doing for your talent. The IC title isn't even on Mania, but Madcap Moss is, thank God. I just, um, it's such an insult because, like I was saying about the AEW women's division, it's, it's just a lack of caring. It's just a lack of caring all around. Mark Wasper saying SmackDown was a definite shoebox of failure tonight. Yeah. So we kick it off with Brock and his champagne. <laughs> Great. Um, do you have anything to say about Brock and his champagne? Do you want to oh, walk us through oh, this incredible no, 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 segment? No, 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 no. I, I have things to say. 
You can also tell the people what happened with Brock and his champagne. Brock, Brock is there and they interview Brock because they have to. They, first of all, they have to show the full re- recap of what happened last week. Uh, I got to do that. Um, but he's um, he's there, his cowboy hat, and uh, he's interviewed, and he says, um, "Well, um, I'm I'm just here because I'm supposed to have a, this segment with Roman, uh, but I, um, I, I I had to buy Roman a new a new SUV." It's my favorite color, blood red, uh, and uh, um, but uh, but they say that I'm I'm not allowed to 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 get physical contact with Roman unless provoked. So I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sit. And this is the actual accent he's using in this segment, by the way, guys. Uh, I'm gonna sit in his locker room over here and wait for a good provoking. He actually pronounced the word provoking provoking but he's he's not stone cold steve austin nor is he doing an impression of him i don't think so he's from like south dakota minnesota he lives in saskatchewan like this whole thing of like cowboy brock is now like like i don't like you read about these like this somebody will like like uh she'll go out from like there's a woman who went out for surgery who lived in texas and she woke up after anesthesia and she had a british accent and she couldn't stop, and there was nothing you could do about it. And apparently, that's an actual thing. People like have have a brain thing where now they speak in a different accent and they can't stop it. And that's what's happened to Brock Lesnar. I don't know why he's he's saying the word provoking, provoking, but it's weird. Is it funny? Sure. Does it matter? No. Is it is it like is it just like this? Is it like let, he seems to be having fun? God bless him, and let let him have his fun because after next week when he loses to Roman Reigns, he's going to be off TV until SummerSlam. We won't have to listen to him say things like provoking. But then he goes into in a, in a Roman Reigns' locker room. He steals a grape from out of the fruit bowl. And then he puts his feet up on the coffee table so hard that he breaks the coffee table. And that is the first segment of this through line that lasts through the entire episode. Five segments. Five segments. Mark Losper saying... Question: Name a mania built worse than this? Maybe last year. Last but, year, if but that's it. Maybe last year. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is right there with it. And they haven't been in a pandemic in eight months, so there's like less excuses. I feel yeah. like not that there's any excuse for how bad it's been, but um, yeah, we'll just move on from there. We do have Drew Nicholas, who we love so much because Drew rules, saying that. I'm back from SmackDown. I have to say, well, it sucks watching it on TV. It's way more fun watching in the arena with other fans. God bless you for thinking that. Very salty about Ricochet. They cared about Sasha, Brock, and Roman. Well, yeah. Um, I would be very annoyed if I paid like anywhere between 60 and 120 bucks to go watch three live matches over two hours. I'd be very upset. Mm-hmm. Very upset. Oh, man. So... Instance number one of a champion getting pinned today. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jimmy Uso. Uh, the match was fine. They, I, I feel like, actually really clicked. Um, Rick Boogs is at ringside, as is Jay Uso. There's some kerfluffle happening on the side, but nothing that actually interfered with the finish for once, if I remember correctly. The match was fine. I have no interest in seeing this tag match at WrestleMania. Rick Boogs does nothing for me. Um, this was a fine enough singles match, except for the booking that Nakamura went over Jay Uso. So you're pinning your champion on television, and 
I think they're going to still win at Mania. It was Jimmy Uso. Um, Jimmy Uso was the one who, who got pinned. Does it matter? No. Oh, yeah. My apologies. Does it matter? No. Um, it's, I don't know. Um, but but it, it, it did. I mean, like, there was one point where, where Jay knocked over Boogs at ringside and Nakamura was about to do a Kinshasa from the top rope. And then he got off the top rope and, and he said, hey, don't do that. And he looks over at Boogs and he says, Boogs, are you all right? And then he got rolled up from behind and nearly lost the match because people are stupid when they're wrestlers. And the same thing happened because then Jay went to go get the um, the guitar, Boogs' guitar, because I guess he was going to smash it over Shinsuke. But Boogs grabbed it from him and they tussled over the guitar. And then he threw Jay into the ring post. And that distracted, uh, uh, that distracted uh, Jimmy Uso because he's also stupid. And then he got, he got kicked in the face and then he caught a Kinshasa and he lost. And does it matter? No. Is it stupid? Yes. Like, I don't understand. What, what is what is your mania build? We'll talk more about how, like, nothing that you've been doing over the past year matters at all. Like, nothing. mania used to be either the kickstart of something big going forward or the absolutely the end of a full year of programming. Now it's just a big friggin' thing in the first weekend of April that means nothing. Yeah. I always viewed it as the season finale was WrestleMania, and then that Raw after Mania that always felt so cool was like the season opener of a next season. Now it's just something where everybody has to get on the card. It's not even your top storylines anymore. It's just a bunch of wrestling. Um, And none of it, none of it has mattered, sadly. Speaking of things that don't matter... We move on to uh, a Drew McIntyre interview who, God bless him, is trying so hard to make it matter. And what he's done, which I actually think is clever, there's nothing that's going to make me like this, so I'm searching desperately for things that are going to. But I like that McIntyre is leaning into the fact that he just wants to smack these guys because they're so freaking annoying at this point. And that is something I can get behind. I don't like him either, Drew. Um, so God bless him for that. But then we also get this eternally long um, video package about the transformation of sad Corbin into happy Corbin. And I just could not care less. Do you have anything to say about either of these segments? I don't, I don't give I don't give a damn about Drew McIntyre. I'm sorry. I don't like he's just been been relegated to feuding with the least like like the worst act on the show. So like you're, every time he shows up. Like I mentally check out because I just despise Corbin and Moss so much. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like, like not like like despise them. Like, oh, they're getting good heel heat. Just like they're just boring and bad and poorly written. It's not their fault. Their their act is terrible as created and presented by Vince McMahon and his cohorts. So every time Drew is on screen, he has to be interacting with these guys who are horrible to watch. Now. The the video package that they put together for Corbin, I don't know if you noticed this, but they had a fake newspaper headline in the video package which says, Baron Corbin loses all of his money in Bitcoin, which is a huge retcon of what actually happened. Need I remind you, he the reason he became bum-ass Baron Corbin was because he lost his fake plastic crown where he was King Corbin because he won the, the King of the Ring tournament two years prior. He lost that to Shinsuke Nakamura. 
And because of that, because he was no longer King Corbett anymore, his salary decreased to such a level that his car got repossessed, his home got foreclosed on, and his wife filed for divorce. Like, because he was King Corbin, he was getting paid so much more that as soon as that money went away, his whole life fell apart. But they, realizing that was fucking stupid, decided to retcon it by saying he lost all his money in Bitcoin, which is just hilarious. All of it is ridiculous. Does it matter? No. Is it stupid? Absolutely. I love you so much. <laughs> I didn't notice because I couldn't bother to care. I was not provoked to have any emotion uh, by any of this. So there is that. We're going to go through some more Humper Chats and Super Chats sporadically about your overall thoughts on this because nobody wants to talk about a single segment on the show. Chris Pereira saying that the way WWE is heading feels like eventually we're going to get to no wrestling at all on Raw or SmackDown, but the only real wrestling happening at pay-per-views, sorry, premium live events for mm. fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, it it does feel that way. This was weird because I understand wanting to have talky episodes before you go into um, uh, something like Mania or a pay-per-view where you're going to have your talent wrestling. But they still have SmackDown next week. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do then. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Tom Valley saying, better get the South Park Manatees booking WWE, I guess. My only WWE knowledge comes from y'all. And Simon Miller, thank you for watching us, Tom. Yeah. I've used that analogy many a time. The Manatees with the idea balls on South Park never seem to let me down. Yeah. Back to uh, Drew and this Corbin package. The bad one, Jam Beard, saying, over the last year, WWE has made Drew from go, go from top billing to just another dude. It's amazing in a weird and terrible way. It is incredible how much I thought if anyone needs the draft and the brand split stuff, it was Drew. Drew needed to move to SmackDown because he had run through everybody on Raw, and this is what they've done with him. Said it over and over again. Hey, Alex, do you like yeah. seeing champions get pinned? No. How about twice in a row? Not this, especially not this champion. Newly crowned intercontinental champion Ricochet faces Los Lotharios in singles matches back to back. Louise points out that Lila Gray, an AEW dark talent, uh, was on the kiss cam, so good for her. Um, I I guess this is setting up a triple threat. Basically, Ricochet um, faces... I, who did he face first? Carrillo, I think? Uh, no, he faced Angel first. Here's he the deal. He faced Angel No, Garza no, no. no. I'm, well, I'm going to talk about this. They messed up... They they messed up the, the how they called the, the, the... Sorry, sorry. The ring announcer messed up the introductions in two straight matches. We already... like. There, here's the thing that's so... This is... This... This company is so is so bad at the way they do everything that they actually made a big return to TV tonight, and it was so not memorable. Luis hasn't included it in the rundown, and until this moment, I didn't know that he didn't include it in the rundown. So before we talk about Ricochet losing two matches in 10 minutes, we're going to talk about this. Kofi Kingston was supposed to have another match versus... Versus 
the Danny Boy Stable. I'm calling them the Danny Boy Stable. He's but but versus Ridge Holland because last week wasn't bad enough. We're gonna have Kofi Kingston have another match versus Ridge Holland. But before he comes out, the ring announcer says, "Please welcome please, here now his opponent, accompanied by Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston." And Kofi comes out by himself with a microphone and says, oh, no, I'm not going to have this match with you. I wonder who's it going to be. Who, who, who? But the ring announcer had already said Xavier Woods was going to be out there and he's not, not out there yet. So Kofi Kingston is announcing it as though it's a big surprise return, which I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be. But somebody gave the ring announcer the wrong card to read. It's not her fault. and. Xavier Woods comes out and Ridge Holland's like, who's this? But the ring announcer just announced that he was supposed to be out there. So like you're ruining everything because you rewrite everything. If you don't give the cards to all the right people. Also Xavier Woods comes out and he starts the match with Ridge Holland and Michael Cole says, well, apparently Xavier Woods is having that match. With, with the match with Rich Holland. This is very unorthodox. And Pat McAfee says, uh, no, actually, Michael, I'm pretty sure that's what Kofi Kingston was alluding to in his promo. I was very thankful he said that and, on commentary because I'm, I'm like, losing my mind. So they didn't give Michael Cole the right announce cards? Michael Cole is looking at his notes saying Kofi Kingston versus Ridge Holland, but they changed it so close to when the match time happened. They didn't give him the updated match cards. Michael Cole, you did that too? What are you doing, people? It can't be this difficult to do. You've been doing this show for two, three decades. What are you doing? What are you doing? I just, I, okay. So I'm now, so happy right now. Xavier Woods is here. Hooray, Xavier Woods is back. He's going to have a match with Rich Holland and get vengeance for his buddy Big E. The match lasts, what, 40 seconds? I didn't even like, call it a match. Yeah, like, I like that. I'm not even counting it as a match because it wasn't anything. He he got like his his like a, like a like a chop block or something from Ridge Holland, and then Ridge Holland like showboated for a bit, and then he caught him in a in a sour pack in a sour package, a small package for the pin. <laughs> that's your finisher, though. That's my, that's my finisher. It is my finisher. <laughs> this, this 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 right here, this face is a sour package. There it is. So he caught him. He caught him in his finisher. Like his finisher, which was a small package, he says, actually, after he pins him, he says, that's my best move. That's what he has because at least Xavier Woods is in on the joke. So his return match lasted 40 seconds, and he won with a small package. And that was, that. that's, that that's the bit. That's the bit you're doing. Great. Good job, guys. In a match, or in an episode that had a 22-minute Roman close with four other Brock Roman segments. Like, I think he could have found the time somewhere. The bad one, Jam Beard, saying Alex flapping his arms like Billy Kay. I love it. I love it too. I absolutely love it. Louis said he wrote about this for the site and still forgot it. That's how <laughs> inconsequential it was. Oh man, let's get back to some of your overall thoughts on this, shall we? My goodness. 
Uh, JW Pringle saying, here we are a week away from Mania, and I don't care. I live in Dallas and don't want to go to the shows. It's awful how awful WWE is. It stinks. That's heartbreaking when it's in your backyard and you're like, I am compelled by none of this card to go. And you're a wrestling fan who cares enough to watch us. That means you care. Like, that's such a bummer. Mark Losper saying, it gets so much worse. Getting on this card is the story now. That's a really, really good way to phrase that. Like, the whole story for everybody's build is, how do I get to WrestleMania? Uh, doesn't matter what happens once you get there. It's just about being there. And that's trash. That is true. Then in the age saying, isn't there supposed to be a two-hour pre-show before Mania? So what's going on it? I'm guessing this IC title nonsense and a million battle royals. No, 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 no. We'll talk about this, Kate. We'll talk about oh, this. No. Okay. Do you want to talk about it now? No, no. We're going to talk about we're gonna talk, uh, Ricochet. About ricochet. Okay. Ricochet. Well, we're swinging there very shortly. Um, but Jake Salazar also saying, last week I fell asleep after Rampage reviews because, well, SmackDown is boring and garbage. But I'm up and happy to be watching you guys. Well, thank you for watching us in real time. But yeah, this is going to be the worst WrestleMania in history. I don't see how it can't be. I, I truly don't. I don't. I, I, just, I just don't. I don't know how with this card it can be anything other than the worst, which is sad. So let's get to this Angel versus Ricochet. Thank you so much, Luis. What a gem. Saying Angel versus Ricochet first and Humberto versus Ricky second. I appreciate you sussing that out for me. Um, the fact I couldn't remember is probably a pretty good indicator because I was just seeing red over the fact that yet another champion lost on my screen. And not only did he lose once, Alex, he lost twice. Yeah, um, the graphics department didn't get the match update match cards because they said Humberto Carrillo with Angel Garza, but Angel Garza had the first match, but Humberto Carrillo came out as though he was going to have the first match, but he didn't because he said, and then and then the announcer also said it wrong, so nobody had the right updated match cards. Okay. Of course, of course That's they did. That's why my notes were yeah, wrong. At it's ridiculous. Least. <laughs> so um, uh, so uh, Humberto Carrillo distracted uh, Ricochet because Ricochet's stupid. I don't know if you know that. He's stupid. I do know that. As they made that become, abundantly clear. As soon as you become a babyface champ in a non-title match, your IQ drops to that of your shoe size. So he gets pinned with the tights and he says, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it's going to work. Get you. I'm so glad you guys are friendly because your cousins will get your other cousin to come in here and get his ass kicked too. And then what happens, Kate? He loses that match via distraction as well. He just learned nothing. And because it's not like they're so clever in how they did it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Ricochet, like Ricochet loses because Angel Garza uh rolls under the ring and grabs his foot so Ricochet can't get back into the ring, so he gets counted out. So he loses two matches in a span of about 10 minutes, and then um Ricochet demands that he face both of them in a triple threat match, which seems like a dumb idea because either one, I, why would, if you are, see, look how stupid he is. Look how stupid, look how stupid you've made Ricochet. Not only does he lose one match by distraction, another match because a dude grabs his boot and he can't get into the ring for a count out. But now he's decided, you know what makes me a smart champion? I'm going to face both of these guys at the same time. So I, they could, at any point, they could do a double team move on me and then pin me with stacking both of them on top of me. They could draw straws in the locker room about who gets to be the Intercontinental Champion. Wow, what a big prize that is. 
and then they, whichever one wins, they get to actually pin me. <sighs> They're going to do that match for the Intercontinental title next Friday on SmackDown. The Intercontinental title will not be defended on WrestleMania. Guess what else isn't being defended on WrestleMania, Kate? The, the US, US title. title. Because Finn Balor, the United States, the current United States champion, is in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which is taking place next Friday on SmackDown. With like not, Shanky. Not oh my god, here we go. I, I set this to you so so I could actually look at this picture and read the parade of jobbers that is in this match. Besides Finn Balor and Damian Priest, because they are also in this match. So it's it's Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Okay. Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz, the Viking Raiders, Madcap Moss, Mansoor, who I haven't seen on TV in forever, Drew Gulak, who I haven't seen in TV for longer, R-Truth, Shanky, Jinder Mahal, Bobby Roode, Reggie, and the Hurt Business, Cedric hey. Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. That's the field for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You could not find a way to get Finn Balor, Finn freaking Balor, to defend the U.S. title on WrestleMania, but you can find a way for Logan Paul to have a match and Johnny Knoxville to have a match. And so even not other talent that just, and no offense to the other talent, but just aren't as important as, as Finn Balor should be to your program. Shamrock you Shake is on the card. But Ricochet, the Intercontinental Champion, is not. And Finn Balor, the U.S. title holder, is not. For those of you who don't know, Shamrock Shake is Domino Dominic Mysterio. Um, because he is green in the ring and also vanilla as hell. So our wonderful friend Doc Mueller has named him Shamrock Shake. Um, yeah, it's just they they couldn't get the mid-card on here because they have not cared about the mid-card for a very long time. A very long time. And again, it just goes back to being insulting to the talent. Finn doesn't deserve something like this. Damien pretty sure as hell doesn't. Um, but we're going to just switch it back to some depressing chats that we're getting. Uh, Mark Losper saying, you know what? I don't need Ridge Holland on my TV. Eh. I would have been interested in like a three-on-three -three New Day versus the Danny Boy stable thing. Because I think the in-ring would have been interesting. Uh, I don't know if I need that anymore with Biggie being out. Um, Mark Quill saying, is it, if Alex's finisher is the sour package, what's Kate's finisher? Ooh. Can a cravat be a finisher? And we call it a Kate Vot. Mm. That's kind of fun. That's like one of my favorite moves. I'm I've just been threatening to Larry at everybody. So like a, a running Kate line. We'll do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> JW Pringles saying <laughs> dial 9-1. And I'm holding the last one just in case that big bulging Alex's forehead pops like dust and stick to the neck. I love our group so much. Angel versus Ricochet. Uh, the only super chat we got from Matthew Makovsky just saying Angel pulled a James Ellsworth. He kind of did. He, he kind of did. We get a Sami Zayn interview where he's saying, uh, of course, I was always going to beat... Johnny Knoxville, I am the master strategist. And you were going to lose in a regular match, but now it's an anything goes match. So you're super going to lose. And I feel like that's an immediate disadvantage uh, for Sami Zayn. Do you have anything to add to this? No. 
I mean, Giant Axel's going to win, and it's going to be sad. Yeah. Uh, we now have Super Chats coming in about the Andre Battle Royale. So thanks for creating a whole segment of Super Chats because we weren't getting anything otherwise. But we'll clear this Matt and uh, Austin Theory segment out of the way. They basically play Duck, Duck, Goose. Do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> Austin Theory comes out and smacks Pat, Pat McAfee in the head and Pat McAfee runs after him. And they run into the back and Austin Theory runs into a room that has Mr. McMahon on the door, like a little sign that says Mr. McMahon, so it's Mr. McMahon's office. But he locks the door, and then Pat McAfee bangs on it and says, hey, you son of a bitch! And I wanted, like, Matt, Vince McMahon to open the door and like, what did you call me? But of course, Vince McMahon's not in that office. It's just a prop, and nothing matters. So you weren't, you're not a fan of that? I mean, none of this build makes any sense. Who cares? Like, honestly... Like, I, I I did not include my rant about uh, uh, Logan Paul or Johnny Knoxville having matches. Pat McAfee wasn't included in that because I think Pat McAfee is going to do some crazy yeah. bomb-ass shit in his match because he loves this business so damn much. Logan Paul, it's a, I, I, I will not, I refuse to believe it's not to, like, get him some new followers on Instagram or or to get for, for a paycheck. And Johnny Knoxville is a crazy person. So, like, I mean, I actually like Pat McAfee in the ring. I think he's really, really greatly talented for what he is but yeah man i hear it's, you this build is so bad it's, it's, so it's bad. atrocious that's i mean we said it today there were three real matches and four champions getting pinned um okay i just realized this there are two if i'm unless i'm mistaken there are two male singles titles being defended or even appearing in a match at WrestleMania, and they are appearing in the same match in a unification match. Yeah, like, and the tag titles, but yes, as far no, as singles, singles, oh, titles. singles titles. They're, they're, wow, that's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, like the, you, that you, you had to do the unification. You had to do the unification because you had to. You well, had even to if not, there's there's no excuse for no mid card titles being on WrestleMania when like. Baron versus Drew is like there's just no excuse for it. That's so true. There's no excuse for not having that's supposed to be the next most important things. You're supposed to have your world titles, and then the next most important things are supposed to be your US title and your intercontinental title. The demon versus the Damien is right it's there. It's right there. It's right there. The Nurguru chiming in with the suggestion, which would have been great. A Scott Hall Memorial IC title I, match. I, I still can't believe they didn't do that. Like so, somebody do it had, as a ladder match. Somebody had to present that as a thing. Somebody had to have the thought and presented it to at least Bruce, if not Vince. The fact that anybody who who had the thought couldn't get it presented to somebody, and anyone who had that presented to them didn't would say themselves no, have the same. thought or would say no to it is just beyond my capabilities. I love you so much. Ah, they were just saying that it's embarrassing that it's not happening. It's right in front of them. Shame on them. We hear you, Nurguru. It's so obvious. In a, in a ladder match. Do it as a ladder match, my yeah. God. Like, Fear and loathe NYC saying, uh, if only it meant something to win a battle royal. That's a good point too. It, there's no stakes for it except it's for a, it's a, a giant. It's a giant trophy that gets to be at ringside with you for the next six months. And it looks like a chocolate bar. It looks terrible. Ron Wagner saying thought it was going to be Priest versus Balor at Mania, buddy. We all did. I think. I think so. The bad yeah. one, Jam Beard, renaming my clothesline. The 
from the clothesline from hell to the cape from hell. I like it. And we'll take it on a highway to hell. Because yeah. of Snurk saying Pat McAfee perpetually giving zero Fs on commentary. I honestly feel bad for Cole and the rest of the on-screen personnel. They look so stupid because of the company they work for uh, is is so in goddamn competent. Yeah, I mean, him giving... I've, I said this last week that, like, it's not even my favorite style of commentary, but because it has any energy behind it, I'm, like, into it because the rest of this watching the show feels like math homework. We move into... A fatal four-way with Sasha Banks, Ray Ripley, Baszler, and Zelina. Guess what, Alex? Mm-hmm. The champion gets pinned. Well, s- submitted. So, Sorry, submitted. The I champion mean, technically, loses. The champion loses. There are four people in this. Yes, I know. I understand. Um, of of four the people. Four, of the I. I generally hate the idea of, of of champions losing, getting pinned, submitting. In this foursome, like Zelina's the weakest one. Zelina's the weakest one, and also like if 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 you had Shayna get pinned by Rhea, like okay, but like there's no other like Shane, Sasha shouldn't be taking losses. Rhea shouldn't be taking losses. Like no 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 these these women should be protected. Zelina, I don't understand why Zelina is even winning any matches ever at all. Personally, like you built this character as a loser, so I don't understand why she's winning matches at all. So her being this fatal four way, like I her losing makes sense to me. I, I I mean like in this particular foursome, I understand. Um, I that's a bad thing, by the way. It's a bad thing that you've booked this. You should have had Natalia in the match, so Natalia should easily take eat a pinfall loss. Zaylee, that's, that's, that's well, Zaylee's completely in a different thing. They've 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 sent her to the Phantom Zone where nobody talks about it. It's not a thing. She's not allowed to be here. But of these four, Zelina taking the pinfall or submission loss is the right thing to do. I would be less annoyed if we hadn't seen two other champions lose in three times in the same show. You are not wrong about that. (laughs) You are not. That is not. That is an incorrect opinion for you to have. The match, it it like was was fun. Actually, there was some good stuff. Yes, the match was great. I loved the beginning where it was like uh, where Shayna and and Zelina both took a powder, and yeah, (laughs) and and it was like uh, Rhea and and Sasha Banks like squaring off, and I was like all day. All day that, I could watch that's, that. That is a that is a three month long feud that I would I'm I'm sorry I would not get tired of any of those matches. Yeah, that would be God. Just give me that. Why are you wasting time with everything else? Just give me that. Why is Sasha Banks like just hey I'm here I'm healthy guess I'll be in a tag team never get any promo time. Why is Naomi who had to go through that horrible storyline with with Sonya Deville? Like just dropped like it is like, hey, I guess I'll be in a tag team now because it's mania season because no storylines are available for any of the women. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Here's a fun fact that Luis looked up. Zelina hasn't won a singles match all year. She hasn't won since December 13th in a singles match, which I think was basically right after Queen of the Ring. No, well, Queen of the Ring was October, but like but before before she started winning matches in the Queen she of the Ring. She was over. She was she over going won. into that. I had, had, had never won a match. 
Uh, James Valor said at least the women's four-way was fun. The match itself it was, was really it well was done. It was fun. I liked really a lot well the, the, the breaking up with the pinfalls. Oh, uh, Sasha Banks that getting back. both Stabber Zelina. The, the, getting both Zelina and Shayna in the, in the yes. bank statement at the same time. That was great. That was so great. I was like, you should have saved that spot for the, the, the Mania match. Like that would have that would have sold me a, that would have sold me a ticket during the Mania match because I I think if you if you polled everybody of these four teams who do you think comes out of Mania as the champions I think Sasha and Naomi probably I hope so Jesus I, I, I think so too but that would be a really amazing moment where you think this is the moment where Sasha and, and Naomi win it but, it but then the, yeah. but the, but then this the, the thing's broken up. Do that there, not here in this match that doesn't really matter at all. What does it matter? No. Is it stupid? Kinda. Was it fun? Yes, it was fun. Yes, very fun. Something on the show was fun. We could say that at least. Um, we have Matt Makowski chiming in saying, can we talk about how much of a star Sasha Banks is, but she's stuck in mid-court hell. She should be beating Charlotte, not in the tag division. Back to back with also, when are we going to admit that Sasha Banks is the biggest star of WWE behind Roman Reigns? I 100% agree with that. 100% agree with She's you on that. She's a huge crossover star if they, if, they, if they just let her. My God. And they better give her a win at Mania. All she does is lose at Mania, and I'm so yeah. sick of it. Yeah. I cannot believe the end of the show is that. Like, that was that was all of the in-ring action that we That's got, guys. It. That was it. it. This closes with... Um, and I, we could go through the other four segments that there were, but it was basically Brock Lesnar sitting uh, in oh, Roman's no, whoa, whoa, locker whoa, 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 whoa. No, we, we got, we got, this is another thing we forgot about because it was entirely inconsequential. We got a Ronda Rousey promo in Oh my God, that's, yeah, that's was, not in the rundown either. No, why would it be in the rundown? It's completely inconsequential because Charlotte shows up on the Titan Tron, so nothing actually happens. They, they argue back and forth. You could like Ronda Rousey says the 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 women's SmackDown Championship. Ah, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Why is women even in there? And they go the SmackDown Championship. Like I don't know if she forgot her lines or that was a really poorly written line, badly delivered. But my God, this feud is dead. I do not care. Put the belt on one of them, and I'll hate it as much as if you put the belt on the other one. Yeah, it's Louise actually said this is the exact same segment from last week without, no, the, beat without down. the beat down. Yeah, that's a hundred percent what it is. What a terrible build. Nerd Guru saying Sasha could out wrestle Rhonda and Charlotte blindfolded. I I don't think that necessarily in the ring. I think they're both phenomenal in the ring, especially Charlotte. Um, Sasha, Sasha, but Sasha so, should this should be her time. This feels she's, weird. She's so damn creative. Every time she has a big match, she breaks out something new I've offense, never seen before. Every time, or new moves to take. Like I'll I'll never forget in the in the uh, uh, um uh, the Hell in a Cell match versus Becky, where where Becky put down a a, a a chair, like like open it up, but put it face down, and then did a drop hold, drop toe hold into it that Sasha took that looked like it killed her because she's like, Oh no, I'll take that move. That's going to be fun for me to sell. Like that's the kind of person you you're working with when you work with Sasha Banks. She's so damn great. Ellie C's chimed in. Um, and as we know, she is for the ruckus, but she just said they won't realize what they have with Sasha until she leaves. That is a very real concern, but she is always like tweeting, like, thank you, Vince and stuff. So yeah. I don't think she's like unhappy there. Um, but I hope they, they realize it 
because it's a shame. It really is a shame. Yeah. So, I don't have anything else to say about the Charlotte Ronda stuff. The only thing I will say is this. I was actually talking to a talent recently, and they pointed out that with the piped-in crowd noise, you're even more handicapped from the going off script because everything is timed to that crowd noise. Not that it's like that it's auto filled no, in. It's not, but not you have time. to do it exactly as it's rehearsed. Yeah. So like, if you screw up a line, like Rhonda did, like yeah. you have no ability to recover in like a real way, but like that piped in crowd noise is worse with Rhonda than anybody else. It's the video game. It sounds like it's the so video bad. game. Yeah, so bad. Uh, to Matthew Makovsky. <laughs> Super chatted how to say his name. Makovsky. Thank Mikofsky. you for that. I'm sorry that you had to pay $2 to tell us that. But here we are. There's a Roman Reigns promo. It's 22 minutes long. Well, yeah, no, this Including was Including the entrance and the commercial break. But... And then running down the entire card for both nights of Mania and also telling us that neither mid-card title was being defended, defended at Defended on the show. On two, on two nights of WrestleMania, your mid-card titles aren't there. It's I actually only have a, a, a couple of notes that I need to mention because, again, it just shows <laughs> how people are just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Michael Cole says... Um, greatness at a different level. Remember how his his ridiculous shirt, this the supposed God to be, shirt, the God, God mode. But it's actually yeah. Godel, but he says it's greatness at a different level. And 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 Pat McAfee is like, no, it's on a different level. If it was at a different level, it would be not God mode. It would be. And he doesn't say this, but I did. It's Gad mode. Josh Gad. He did, did say the, that, I think. Who, who, who did the voice of, of Olaf from Frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? Well, actually, it's WWE, so do you want to suck at building a snowman? Because you suck at building everything. <laughs> and then, and then, Pat, you're not off the hook either, pal. You called Roman Reigns the alpha male of our species, but just the same day today, you called Brock Lesnar the alpha male of our species, and you can't have two of those. Oh. You can only have one. Alpha on a pole. Alpha on a pole match. That should know. be the match. Yeah. Well, we've got some people saying sour grabs is in full effect. Mark Loss for chiming in saying, as an FYI, if you're not subscribed to Fightful Select, this is the Alex you get twice a week. Thank you for the promo. Thank you for paying money to promote that. That's hilarious. Mark Laws were also saying Alex is in goaddle mode right now. That's Weaver, the Sour Patch, Alex Pulowski. I love it. So Sour Package, excuse me. Mark Will saying to all the big chewy nerds of the Sour Graph Society, we'll talk about that on Select. Alex and Kate, have a great evening. I bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Well, thank you for joining us, man. Okay, so... This Roman Reigns promo. What would you like to talk about? Was there a promo? Does it matter? Like he, it's he, just the same stale stuff. The same like, bullshit. Like, like, um, hey, is is uh, is is he in my is he in my my locker? My I don't locker know where room? he is. He's not in your locker room. I don't know where he is. Uh, they they start chanting Suplex City. He says it's not Suplex City. It's the Isle of Relevancy, and it's like that's harder to chant. 
I'm really sorry. You picked a bad thing for you could you could have said relevant. No, I don't know what you could have said, but it doesn't actually work as a chant. The island of relevancy that doesn't work. No, so, it's kind of like um, the mountain of omnipotence. And then we just we just omnipotence. Get, yeah, omnipotence. And then we just get uh, we get Brock Lesnar with a pickaxe smashing windows in in a Roman's SUV. And and then and then Roman's like, "You're a coward. Come down to the ring." And then Brock Lesnar does. And Roman Reigns is like, is he coming down to the ring? And like, <laughs> you just asked him to, and he's only doing what you asked. And then Brock comes through the crowd and gets up on the announce desk, and there's a bunch of security stooges. And and then <laughs> and then he beats up the security stooges while Roman runs away. You built two hours to the same basic idea as last week, which is like Brock not actually getting his hands on Roman, which I get, like, you shouldn't do that until the Mania match, but maybe don't build the entire night to it, if to him just beat it, hitting, a, hitting a bunch of security stooges with a chair. And, uh, yeah, it was certainly not worthy of four preceding segments. Like, it's just yeah. upsetting. Um, <laughs> Louise pointing out that at one point he said, that SUV is pocket change, and that was pretty funny. That's yeah. fair. I will give yeah. you that. Josh Weaver saying, so the MSG attack messed up Brock's brain. I think that's that was what it is. Because he hasn't, he didn't start talking like Larry the Cable Guy until he got beat up by Roman Reigns and the Usos at MSG. I would appreciate that being a uh, like a piece of storytelling if that was that intentional. It's not. Don't worry, it's not. It's Mark Loss for saying, talking at a turn, that's a provoking. Looking out the window, that's a provoking. Paddling the school canoe, oh, you better believe that's a provoking. Everything's yep. provoking. The bad one, Jim Beard, saying, "If Alpha, if Roman is the Alpha of our species, does that make Kenny the Omega of our species as well?" P.S. I'm glad I skipped SmackDown, buddy. I'm glad you did too. Not to take Sean's patented buddy, but buddy, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Ah, Jake Salazar saying he loves Pat McAfee. I listen to his show every day. Stop hating on his boy. You're allowed to love Pat McAfee. Um, he's just not for everyone. His show is very good. Um. I think he has a ton of value for what they're trying to accomplish. I just don't love what they're trying to accomplish on the on the announce desk. And I think he should actually be an in-ring competitor or a manager. I think he can add more value to this product. He, then. Should, he should be a manager who occasionally wrestles and he could get over anybody. He could be a baby face or a heel and he could actually work in the ring. Like he he's, he's like, he's got a really high ceiling and they're not, they're not using him what is what he could actually do. Guys, last call for Super Chats and Humper Chats. Thank you so much for your support. We know it wasn't a great night of wrestling, but we are here for it. You're here for it. We love it. Send in those Super Chats and Humper Chats. Please go over and subscribe to Fightful Select if you're not. We're just going to play catch up and clean up on some of the things that we missed. Some overall thoughts on SmackDown. You guys have been chiming in all night. Of course you have. This was a rough one. Mark Losper saying, though. That jukebox, Alex screaming random things as Jericho. We're going to get to the jukebox, and that's the only one that's there, and it's going to be fun. But we also have the House of Black segment. Um, uh, Jake Salazar saying that a hill I'll die on House of Black needs to hold every championship and Malachi Black as the AEW champ. That would be something cool to build, too. I don't know if they can get there just because it's hard to sync up that many title runs, but boy, oh, boy, I think building them as a force to be reckoned with is a yeah. great idea off topic from michael s saying thoughts on universes josh woods upcoming ro mate 
upcoming ROH match both sound like a fine addition to the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. They both would be. Josh Woods is an incredible ROH talent. Incredible. Yeah. Um, if they keep the pure division going, I could see them certainly both fitting there too. But hell yeah, that should be a phenomenal matchup. Back in the wonderful world of SmackDown, Jake Salazar saying, I hear reports that Vince is trying to do a Temptation Island invasion angle for NXT 2.0. That is already what NXT 2.0 is. So, Mark Losper, there's a whole thread of Super Chats. You guys are amazing. Saying, would that be on the Island of Relevancy? And Jake Salazar responding, yes, also would be intercourse on a pole match as the main event. Oh, man, it gets spicy on Temptation Island. <sighs> or NXT, NX Temptation Island, or NX 2.0 Divas, as Alex has coined it. Back to the Mania sucks this year situation. Chris Pereira saying, the way that WWE is heading, it feels like we're eventually... Oh, we already read that one. Sorry about that. Um, and Mark Losper saying, forget Mania being in my town and not going. If Mania was in the next room, the only reason I'd go there would be to tell them to keep it down. That's pretty great, though. I am I'm interested in some things in ring. I'm just not interested in any stories whatsoever. Josh Weaver saying about Sasha Banks, Sasha's episode of Evil was one of the best. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. Our own W, our own Denise Salcedo was interviewed for that series. So go check that out. Go support her. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us. That's a wrap on Super Chats and Humper Chats outside of the jukebox. Asking Alex to scream random things as Jericho. Do you have anything for us? I don't have anything random to scream. I don't. I don't. I. I, I gotta say. I there he is. He's coming over there, right? Hey, you. Can you? Hey. I don't know. He just screams. He just screams things. He, screams he just everything. screams. I like to throw in a good. Uh, oh yeah! Like yeah. that's my move. Is just like WrestleMania. Oh yeah! That's like good. I just I turn him into the Kool Aid Man. Yeah. But people tend to like it. A final humper chat from Mark Losper, who's always so supportive of us, saying, Roman pretending he's not a chicken shit heel is fine. WWE continuing to push Roman as an all-conquering titan is utterly absurd. I don't know if I agree with that, actually, but WWE spends so much time gaslighting its audience that it should be on a watch list. I'll say this. The last time they were in Brooklyn, they teased that The Rock was going to be there, and they gave us an egg. This doesn't feel like a good response to this. No. Mark Will saying, final note, kindness is good, unlike Mania 38. I agree with that. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Oh, boy. Alex. Yeah. We're going to head over to Fightful Select, and we we're going to we're gonna hang out, and we're going to talk about some stuff, some secret society stuff that you might want to join us for. Yes. So hop on to Fightful Select with us. But before we do that, tell the good people where they can find you, would you? You can follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps. Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of yelling about uh, WWE and <laughs> Raw and SmackDown on uh, on Mondays and Fridays, usually uh, on Fightful Select. Subscribe to Fightful Select. And everybody who's a Fightful Select person, come right after this. We're going to be over there doing some fun stuff and making a special announcement for the Fightful Faithful. Yes, we are. You can find me. At Miss Kayfabe on Twitter, you can find me on Tuesday nights with this fella right next to me doing the NXT Sour Graps post show, AEW, uh, where apparently I go on very intense rants about the AEW Women's Division booking at Mark Order Podcast. Follow the Mark Order, join the Mark Order, would you? And Fridays, 
always here doing this show, even when Sean has to bail for inconsequential things like closing on a house. We're so happy for Sean. So thank you so much. Feel free to join us on Select after this. We're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.